morning, church. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here and uh, worship, you, worship, worship with you this morning. Um, I was talking to uh, Tom this morning before service, and um, he was thanking me for coming. And, and really, I, I get a lot of joy out of um, spending time with other churches, other church families, um, because I always experience God expressed in a new way, in a different way. Um, and he reveals himself to me just a little bit more. Uh, when we worship together with new people in new ways. And, and so it's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to be here. And uh, I'm humbled to be able to share um, my story, or, or rather uh, God's story that he is uh, working out in and, and through me and through uh, the church um, that we are planting in, in Muskegon, Michigan. Um, before I dive into that, though, I thought I'd give you a little bit of, of, of my backstory some, so you have some context uh, about me and, um, and my walk. Uh, I grew up in the church. Uh, actually, both my wife and I grew up in the church. We both grew up in the Methodist church um, from, you know, from our beginnings. Uh, it's actually how we met in high school at a, at a Methodist church camp. Uh, we met and I got to know each other and became good friends and um, uh, went off to college. Each went our own ways and then uh, midway through college got reconnected and came back together and started dating and um, got married after we, we both graduated and started a family. Uh, originally, we lived in, in Indianapolis um, and I was in marketing for a while and then uh, entered into the exciting world of banking and finance and investments um, and had been doing that up until oh, about six months ago. Um, all that time though God had been calling me into, into ministry and, and I'd been doing a great job of avoiding that call that had been uh, kind of my walk and my reputation and my pattern. Um, but through a series of moves, we moved my, my family. Uh, we had our first son in, uh, while we lived in Indianapolis. And then we moved, uh, my wife and I and he, out to Arizona um, when Braden was about one. We lived there for uh, a short stint. We thought we had discovered paradise because we moved from the Midwest to Arizona in February. Um, but then God soon revealed to us that uh, this was not, in fact, paradise because June, July, and August soon came and uh, we learned what hell was like. Uh, no, and it didn't help that my wife was uh, that summer pregnant with our second Ella, uh, which made the summer even more miserable for her. So before the summer was over, we were already making plans to move um, uh, away again, and uh, God brought us to Michigan. Um, we had the opportunity to move anywhere in the country that we wanted to, and so we literally, we sat down with a blank map of the United States and started crossing off states that we knew we didn't want to go to, um, and talking about the things that we did want and the things that God was putting on our heart, and um, we had both done a lot of vacationing in West Michigan, and we had a, a heart for that area, and uh, it's where we wanted to be, and so we we drew kind of a, a triangle or half circle around kind of the area, you know, from Holland to Ludington to Grand Rapids was kind of where we were shooting for, and so um, 
the first opportunity to move to Michigan was to Detroit, to a suburb of Detroit, and we said, no, 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 that's not God's land. Uh, we don't want to move there. Um, so we waited, we passed on that one, and then, um, then an opportunity arose for us to move to St. Ignace, um, and while um, I believe that to be a little bit closer to God's country, I love the outdoors, um, I'm not sure my wife would have survived uh, up there. So she was a hard pass on St. Ignis. And so we continued to wait and we continued to pray for God to open up an opportunity, um, which he did to move to the city of Muskegon. And so we've lived in Muskegon for the past uh, 13 years. Um, and during my time there and with the church community that we were with at the time, um, God finally did some work on my heart. Um, I allowed him to do some work in my heart. Um, that got me to the place where I was ready to accept his call into, into ministry. And so I didn't know what that looked like. Um, I hadn't done my undergraduate degree in any kind of ministry. I was a public relations and marketing major. Um, uh, so after some, some quick research, I decided an MDiv was what I should did, is what I should do to qualify myself to enter into to ministry. Um, it's probably a good thing that I didn't really know what that was, an MDiv. I probably wouldn't have done it if I had um, known exactly what I was getting myself into. But uh, I entered into seminary at Indiana Wesleyan uh, about six years ago. This was six or seven years ago, um, six years ago. And uh, went through a four-year program there. Uh, in the midst of that, God really started to lay on our hearts two things, um, one was the, we lived on the outskirts of Muskegon and what you would consider more of the suburban area. Um, God had really started to lay on our hearts uh, more of the inner city area, more of the urban area of, of Muskegon, more of the downtown area of, of Muskegon. But I know, you know, when, when I say urban or, or metropolitan area, Muskegon is certainly no Detroit, but it is the largest city on, on West Michigan's lakeshore. Uh, and, and when you compare it to, uh, to Grand Haven or South Haven or Holland or things like that, it certainly has an urban environment to it. Um, certainly has more of that city, inner city kind of feel component to it. Um, and all the wonderful things and all the um, heartbreaks that, that come with that. And so God had really been laying on our hearts that, that downtown community. Um, and he had also been laying on our hearts... Um, the call to step into foster care. And um, so about three years ago, uh, we entered into that journey, um, which about two and a half years ago ended in the adoption of our youngest two little girls, uh, uh, Keisha and Olivia. So we have Brayden and Ella and then Olivia and Keisha. Uh, that move also made us a biracial family. Our, our youngest two were African-American. Um, and we started to notice how surprised our girls were when they saw somebody that looked like them when we were out and about in the neighborhood, in the community. And, um, man, that just really broke our hearts. And so that really was the final push to uh, moving into a more culturally diverse um, environment and moving into a downtown community where that wasn't the case. Um, for their benefit, yes, but for our own as well, um, because we were getting an incomplete um, p- 
picture of how God wanted us to be living. And so um, we've been in that downtown community now for about two and a half years, coming up on three years very quickly, and um, graduated uh, from seminary about two years ago uh, with the intention of planting a church with the the church that we were currently with. Um, However, that was a very small church, um, a very new church, and we had uh, while the church was very supportive, we had no idea what that was going to look like. Um, no idea how God was going to pull that off. Uh, the day I turned in my final paper uh, for seminary, um, God moved some pieces that he had already been putting in place um, and put me in contact with a, a man named Justin Thornton. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Justin, but he's this district's uh, multiplication director. And I had actually interviewed Justin um, at the beginning of my seminary journey for a paper while he was still the pastor at, at Jericho Road Church. Um, so that was kind of a, a, a neat thing to see come full circle. And uh, the conversation was essentially, hey, Michael, we've got this church in Muskegon called Jericho Road, and they have a, a heart for church planting as well. Um, they have people and resources, but they don't have anybody to lead that effort. And you seem like you're, you're with a church who, who has a heart for planting as well, but you've got somebody to lead, but no, no resources or people. Um, how, can we, how can we make this work together? And so um, uh, I went back and, and talked to my pastor and said, hey, you know, Pastor Jamie, I, I, I'm not trying to cheat on, on our church here, but these are the conversations that are happening. What do you think? And, um, you know, God was on, on, on his heart and, and his mindset was... And I'm more, I'm more interested in kingdom churches being planted than I am about who's doing the planting. And so if our role in that is to send you to plant out of another church, then we'll send you and we'll pray for you and we'll support you in any way we can. So two years ago, I, I came on board with uh, Jericho Road Church and uh, as their resident church planter, and I spent quite a bit of time uh, integrating into uh, their family, uh, that just takes time, right, to build those relationships and um, start those efforts. And in the meantime, there are uh, lots of denominational things to go through as far as licensing and um, starting the ordination process. And um, You guys are part of a, of a wonderful denomination. I'll, I'll be honest with you, I didn't know a whole lot about the Christian Missionary Alliance before uh, coming on board when I met with Justin I knew he was part of this thing called the Alliance. Um, I had actually, full disclosure, attended an Alliance church in college in my undergrad. I attended uh, uh, Muncie Alliance Church down in Muncie, Indiana. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you, I had no idea what that meant. I didn't know that they were Christian and Missionary Alliance. or That was just the name of the church. It was Muncie Alliance Church. That's as much as I knew. We didn't make that connection until we were talking with a friend that we had gone to college with and uh, said we were now part of the alliance. And they're like, oh, yeah, like the church we went to. And we were like, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, but any, anyway, so you're, you're part of a wonderful denomination, a very missionally focused uh, denomination. And, and when I say missionally focused, I'm, I'm not talking about they've got a lot of agendas or plans. Um, they're very focused on the discernment of God's will and the carrying out of his mission, of his plan um, in our cities, in our towns, in our neighborhoods, in our communities. 
um, through the district, through the local church, um, equipping the local church, equipping our people uh, to be the ministers, to be, because in truth, we're all called to be ministers, right? We're all called to be missionaries in God's mission, and we all have a part to play, both in our own walks and both as, as our walk in the, in the body of Christ. And so uh, an incredibly, incredibly missionally focused um, denomination, and uh, it's been a God thing to be a part of, of this denomination, um, we've got a team of people at the, at the district level who are focused on, on that mission, the, the multiplication folks. And so they have been uh, walking. There's a, a cohort of us, a group of church planters um, within our district, as well as across the nation, that uh, have been meeting on regular basis and getting coaching and uh, getting training and getting equipping and... Um, and it's always with the focus of, of God's mission and his calling and his will and how do we create true disciples and how do we create disciples who, and who, who embrace their calling. Because that's what a disciple is, right? It's someone who is called by Christ into a loving relationship with Christ in order to become like Christ so that they can be on mission with Christ. Um, and that's the call for every one of us. And so how do we, how do we plant with that mindset um, but also, how do we integrate that mindset into uh, the existing body as well? How do, how, do our, how do we help to equip our local churches to become better disciple makers who are better disciple makers who are better disciple makers? Um, often when I, when I talk about uh, being a part of a church plant, one of the questions that I'm asked is, what makes your, your new church different? Uh, and the name of our new church is Roots Church, if I, if I forget to, to say it later. Um, if I mention Roots Church before, that's the name of the new church that we're planting. What makes Roots different? And, and the truth is, we never set out to, to be different, right? That was never, um, we didn't, it wasn't ever a, man, church is being done wrong, we need to go and do it different. It also wasn't ever... We want to be the same. We want to duplicate what's going on here. And just it was, this is the the mission that God's calling us into. And so, how are we going to live live that out? Um, the mission. So, the, the, this group of, of multipliers at, at, at your um, at the district level, they've. So, in in, in reality. Um, all of our churches should really be on the same mission if we're, we're honest about that, right? And, and, and that's God's mission. And he gives it to us in the Great Commission and, and the Great Commandment. And that's to, to make disciples um, of all nations, teaching them all that I've commanded you. And, and, and what does Jesus say the Great Commandments are? To, to love God with all our heart and, and to love each other like our neighbors. And, and so the wordsmiths at our district level um, have, have structured that mission which they feel should be the mission of every church. Uh, I feel the same way, regardless of how you word it. And they, they put it like this, that our mission as the church is to partner with God on his mission for his glorification and the lost being found and the found reflecting him. Now, <clears throat> being from Muskegon, we are, we're, we're a little more of humble origin. That's, that's putting it nicely, right? Um, so that was a little maybe too eloquent for us 
Um, there are some big words in there that we get tripped up on. and uh, So we kind of reworded that for ourselves. And that the mission of Roots Church is to help people get right with God and get right with each other and help them to help others do the same. Uh, very simply stated, but at the core, at its heart, it's that same mission. It's how do we step into God, how do we discern what it is that is God's will, and how is he calling us to step into that? And, and that's really, I guess, where churches can start to be different, I guess, um, if I have to answer that question of what, what's different about Ruth's church. Because God calls us into his mission and equips each of us um, as individuals and as different church bodies in, in different ways to carry out different parts of that mission. So we're not all necessarily doing the same thing the same way, right? If, if we were, then we would all look the, the, the same. Uh, but God's got a unique plan and a unique calling for, for each one of us as, as individuals. And then as us as individuals gather together as his body, that makes our, our different bodies look um, a little bit different from, from each other. So um, uh, he starts to call us into this mission of his in, in different ways. And as a lot of the training and the equipping that we do as, as church planters through the district is around that discernment of who God is calling us to be, this new expression of his church. And so a lot of that is discerning who these individuals are that God has, has brought to de- together, right? Because he's gifted each of those people to be a missionary in his mission, and he's created them in a unique and special way to carry that out. So who are we um, as individuals? And then uh, with that in mind, what do we look like as, as a group uh, living into God's will? So a lot of discernment around what God is calling uh, and placing on our hearts. And the verse that we kept coming back to is Roots Church uh, was... The beginning of the verse that we just read, it was the Lord's Prayer. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. When Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray, he says, Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I underlined your kingdom come and your will be done because these were the parts of this verse that God was really laying heavy on our hearts, and this is where we felt God was giving us vision on who we were supposed to be. Um, And so this is kind of what I want to break down uh, this morning. And I'll start with, with your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. God is, is calling us, or Jesus is teaching us to pray that God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. In the Old Testament, the Israelites, they were looking for a coming kingdom, right? They were looking for a physical kingdom, that God was going to establish his reign through a king, and they would, be a, they would become a nation over, uh, above nations that would um, rule the earth, essentially, right? They were looking for a physical kingdom, a physical kingdom, nation, a king, a ruler that would rule over all, uh, a dynasty, if you will, to, to come into place. And so that's what they were looking for. 
Um, as a church today, a lot of times we are focused on the coming kingdom, right? A point in time where Christ will come again and, and establish his eternal kingdom um, that we as followers of Christ will get to spend eternity in. But here, Jesus is teaching his disciples to pray for God's kingdom to come here on earth as it is in heaven. When Jesus started his earthly ministry, after he had spent his time um, in the wilderness, and just before he starts his earthly ministry, actually, um, how he started his earthly ministry in, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17 he says, from that time, it says, from that time Jesus began to preach, this is the, be- the very beginning of his earthly ministry, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. John, when he was preaching in the wilderness, he was saying the same thing, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Here Jesus is saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand, the kingdom of heaven is here because Jesus is the embodiment of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is heaven here on earth, is what Jesus is saying here in the scripture. Then in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, we read that, we read Paul saying, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. So now as followers of Christ, we now have Christ who lives in us. It's no longer us living for ourselves. It's now Christ living in and through us. And so this kingdom of heaven, this embodiment of heaven is now here within us. The kingdom of heaven is still at hand here within us as Christ is in us. And then we have passages like Luke chapter 10 verse 9 where Jesus is giving his disciples instructions into uh, going into the cities that he's sending them in and he says, Seal the, heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Matthew 5, chapter 13, verse, excuse me, Matthew 5, verses 13 and 14 say, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, how shall it be, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under, under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. So Jesus is sending his disciples out to perform miracles and spread the good news of the gospel. And and he's instructing them to tell them that the kingdom has come near. And he's telling us that, that we're supposed to be the salt and the light. We are to be a reflection of the kingdom of heaven here on earth. The world around us can experience the kingdom of heaven as we allow Christ to live in us and through us. The kingdom of heaven has come near to our communities and to our neighborhoods and to the people that God puts us in contact with. Not because of anything that we do, but because of Christ in us and through us. 
And so we as a body, we as Roots Church, ask ourselves, often ask ourselves two, two different questions. The first is based on this idea of God's kingdom coming here on earth as it is in heaven. And that question is, where is God's kingdom not reflected in our neighborhood? And what is God calling us to do about that? Where is God's kingdom not reflected? And what is God calling us to do about that? If we're to be praying for God's kingdom to come, we should be looking for God to answer that in revealing to us where where should his kingdom be coming? Let me give you a couple examples of, of how we are uh, trying to live this out. In Isaiah uh, chapter 1, verse 17, it says, uh, Learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. Um, I don't know how familiar you are with the city of Muskegon. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pretty diverse population. Um, uh, but but the, 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 the heart of Muskegon, the inner portion of Muskegon, has been a lost space for quite a while um, in a lot of different ways. Industry has moved out. Business has moved out. Um, schooling has moved out because of school of choice. Um, and those that can't afford to uh, do school of choice are, are those that are left in the inner, inner city schools. And so... Um, uh, there's been a lot of damage done for, for a long period of time. Um, and specifically, the two neighborhoods that our church is planning right in the middle of, um, the Nelson neighborhood, which does include the downtown area, uh, but also includes stretches uh, south from there uh, all the way to uh, the north side of Muskegon Heights, and then right next door to it, uh, the McLaughlin neighborhood. Uh, those two cities encompass downtown. They encompass... Um, the, the high school, um, and they encompass a lot of the, the um, inner city urban environment. 65% of the households in those two neighborhoods that have children living in them are single-parent households. Um, single-parent households. Most of those are single mothers, uh, where the father is not in the picture. Uh, a lot of times has never been in the picture. Some of those are, are single-father households, but the vast majority of them are single mother household. So you have mothers that are going at it alone, uh, which is not a reflection of, of God's kingdom. And you have children that are maybe not experiencing or receiving all the love and support that they should re- be receiving either. Now we're a small group, right? We're a tiny group, Roots Church. And so um, we can't possibly uh, fix this or end this situation. But what is God calling us to do and who we are and who he's created us to be. This is something that he's laid on our hearts, so he's obviously calling us into it. What can we do about it? And so after a lot of prayer and discernment, we decided that we would host a, a, a parents' night out uh, just once a month, because honestly, that's all we can do right now. Um, where for a few hours on a Sunday evening... Uh, the parents can come and, and drop kids off and, and have two or three hours of, of rest um, or two or three hours of getting stuff done without children. I have four children. I know what it's like to try to go to the grocery store with four children in tow. Uh, even when you have 
older responsible ones, somehow that responsibleness goes away when you give them a task uh, to accomplish or a grocery item to go seek out. Um, so I know what that's like, and, and trying to do that alone is, an, is a near impossibility. So maybe they use that time uh, to go get some things done, or maybe they just use that time to get some sleep, because I know what that's, that need is like too. And for two or three hours, we get to love on these kids and build relationships with these kids, um, which is an awesome thing. It's an exciting thing, because some of these kids are amazing. All of these kids are amazing. Um, and uh, um, can teach you a lot about who God is and how he works. Uh, and so that's one example. A- another example um, I'll give you, uh, Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 and 10 says, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Muskegon's got a long history of division, uh, culturally, economically, educationally, a long history of division. So much so, it's gotten to the point where it, it's almost become okay. Like people are almost, uh, you know, like, it's that whole mentality of it's just the way it is. There's nothing that we can do about it. It's just the way it is. You learn to live within that reality. Obviously, that's not a reflection of the kingdom at all now, is it? Here it gives us a picture of the kingdom of heaven where every, a number that none could, a multitude that no one could number from every nation, from every tribe, every tongue, is gathered together to worship God. So there's this space in our neighborhood that is not a reflection of the kingdom because there's so much division exists that exists. And, and how do we reflect the kingdom from the midst, from in the midst of that division? How do we bring people together? There's two things that we are aware of that, that bring people together like nothing else. One of them is food. And the other is music. Uh, those are two things that seem to unite people and bring people together. So we're going to try to do some food and some music. Uh, we're going to try to hold some neighborhood barbecues. I'm, I can't call them barbecues because when you say barbecue here, I don't know if it's this way over here, but in Muskegon, if you say barbecue, people show up and they expect there to be meat that has been smoked and barbecue sauce to be put on it. Right, So i got to say cookout, so that gives us a little bit more flexibility with the food that we're going to have. But we're going to do cookouts, and we're going to do concerts. Um, and we're going to invite the neighborhood over. And that doesn't necessarily have to be uh, in our church building. There's a great city park where all kinds of events that the city put on takes place. That's right kitty corner from the space that, that we meet at. Um, that's a great spot for us to gather uh, people together to, with no agenda other than just to get people together and, and eat and share food and share stories and get to know each other um, a little bit, to uh, listen to music and share stories and get to know each other a little bit. Um, and to do that in different ways so that uh, different people come and, and share different 
opinions and different feelings and different thoughts and different experiences. And we get to experience pe- each other in authentic ways. And how do we build these, these spaces where people can come and just be genuine and authentic and, and real? Um, and there's something about food and music that just breaks down walls. And um, again, we're just a small group, so we're going to need to collaborate with some other people to try to get that done. And uh, so we're going to hold our first concert coming up this, um, this May, and we're bringing a group in to, uh, to do that, and we're scattering flyers and door hangers and things around the neighborhood and posting on social media trying to invite the neighborhood uh, to come. And, um, and we're going to hold our first parents' night out uh, next month. Um, and um, it's fun, and I'll, I'll share a little bit more about that here in just a second, to see the pieces that God is bringing together in that um, as we step into what we feel he's laying on our hearts. Because the, the next part of that prayer is for God's will to be done. Um, I love God so much. Um, one of the things I love about God so much is that if he's calling you into something, you can trust he's already there waist deep in it, right? Because we worship a God that goes before us. Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 8 says, It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. If he's calling you to it, he's already in it, waiting on you to join him, and he'll walk you through it. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God's got a plan. He's already in it. He's already at work. We're not... We don't have God in a jar that we're bringing him to the city, right? And we're about to release God on the city. God is already at work in the city. And so the question, the second question that we are often asking ourselves is, where is God already at work? Like, how do we train ourselves to open our eyes and open our minds and open our hearts to look for where God is already at work? We don't always have to create new things. Where's God already moving? And how is he calling me to be a part of that? And so um, I said I would, I, I would come back to that parents' night out thing. This, this all came about because God was already at work in several other people's hearts. And, and we were able to, we were feeling that stirring in our, in our own heart. Um, then we had a woman in our, in our planting church at Jericho Road Church who approached the leadership and said, hey, this is something God's planning on my heart. What do you think? And, and she described exactly what we had been talking about already. And I was like, wow, we got to sit down because three days ago our church plant team just had a meeting and we were kind of talking about this same thing and... Um, but we, we, we don't know what that looks like yet. But God's obviously putting it on your heart. How do we come together? And then a few days later, I had a meeting with um, another church leader from another church from an, another denomination. 
Reformed church. And uh, she's involved with the youth and the youth in our community. They do some amazing things. And uh, I was telling her about this and, and she said, yeah, we started doing that this, uh, this past year. How can we come together and, and, do, and, and work on that together? How do we collaborate and, and we do this thing better together? Because we're better together, right? Um, there's a, a ministry in town called 1M Project. Um, and it's a, a ministry that um, it, at its heart is about uniting and um, uh, igniting and uniting churches um, across dividing lines. Because we have, we've got a lot of dividing lines between our churches, don't we? Um, and God is at work in them and doing things in them. And it's been amazing to see um, that taking place. And it's been humbling to hear God calling into what, us into what he's doing there. And to become a part of what they're doing. And then to watch God open doors through that. For us to do other things. Um, I now have an advisory team that serves over me that's made up of Lutherans and Reforms and Methodists and Wesleyans. And, um, and it's just cool to see uh, dividing lines come down. God is at work in the schools. And we've been praying over that. And God is starting to open up doors for us to get into the schools and build relationships with kids and build relationships with teachers. And so we're constantly asking ourselves, where is God at work and how is he calling me to join him? And our vision, if we were to step back and say, you know, what, what do you hope? Because your vision is right that, that long-term, where do you where do you feel like what is what do you feel like God is trying to do through what he's calling you into and our vision is that the kingdom of God would be reflected from every corner of Muskegon and hopefully he uses us to do a lot of that uh, hopefully he uses us to light that fire in others as well because that's not going to happen by just us uh, Shoot, he may even have a role for some of you here in, in that. I certainly hope uh, that some of what I've shared today has inspired you to maybe prayerfully look more around your context here and ask yourself, where is God's kingdom not reflected in my neighborhood? Where is God's kingdom not reflected in my context? And what is he calling me to do about it here? And maybe prayerfully spend some more time in prayer and silence and fasting and meditation around where is God already at work around me? You know, so often we're, we're, we, we ask, you know, God, what, what do you want me to do? What's your will for me? Um, but we don't take the time to sit and listen quietly and listen um, and observe where God's already at work and maybe how he's, already, how he's calling you into something he's already doing. Um, I pray that that, uh, that's on your heart today.
And if you want to connect with, with me at, at some point down the road, if something that I've shared with you about Muskegon and about Roots Church or Jericho Road Church is God's laying on your heart and you want to connect with me a little bit more about it, whether that's to support us in prayer or, or support us in another way, um, you know, my, my email is just michael at jroadchurch.org um, or michael at uh, rootschurchmuskegon.com, either one of those. You can go to the website. Uh, Jericho or jroadchurch.org and you can find me there um, but connect with me we've got a prayer list uh, a prayer email chain that goes out and keeps you up to date on what we're doing and what we need prayer around and what we're praying on um, so there's all kinds of ways that you can connect with what what we're doing too so um, thank you for for letting me share with you today I'm going to close us in prayer Father God You are an amazing God. Your name is holy. Your name is above all. You are above all. You are almighty and all-powerful. And we, we love you so much. Thank you for the opportunity today to just be here and worship together, God. God, I pray for your kingdom to come and your will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. I pray that you continue to uh, give us discernment around what that is, where those spaces are that your kingdom needs to be reflected. Give us discernment around where you are already at work, where you are already waist deep and hands dirty in your mission, calling us into it. God, I pray that for for Roots Church. I pray that here for this church. God, I I pray that your kingdom is reflected throughout these communities, throughout the state, throughout our country, throughout the world. That people come to know your grace and your glory through the way that your kingdom is reflected through your son, Jesus Christ, living in and through those that call his name as Lord and Savior. It's in your name we pray. Amen.